0: Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 689 of the Juicebox podcast. On today's episode of the podcast, the 16th episode of the Ask Scott and Jenny series. Today, Jenny Smith and I will chit chat and answer questions sent in by you, the listeners. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the juice box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you love Jenny Smith, you actually can hire her. She works at integrateddiabetes.com. If you're a U.S. resident who has type 1 or is the caregiver of someone with type 1, please go to t one Exchange. forward slash juicebox. Join the registry, take the survey, help people with type 1 diabetes in fewer than 10 minutes, all while supporting the Juicebox podcast. t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. I got that done so quickly and in one take, I'm very proud of myself. Swell of music and then we'll get going. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by Touched by Type 1. Head over to touchedbytype1.org and find them on Facebook and Instagram. They're a wonderful organization. They're helping people with type 1 diabetes, and they'd like you to take a look and see what they're doing. Touchedbytype1.org. Today's show is also sponsored by U.S. Med. That's right. U.S. Med is the place where I get Arden's diabetes supplies, and you could too. USmed.com forward slash juicebox or call 888 721 1514 USmed wants to give you your free benefits check and get you started today. Use the number or the link. Actually, there are links in the show notes of the podcast player that you're listening in right now, or at juiceboxpodcast.com. If you can't remember, touched by type1.org and usmed.com forward slash juicebox.
1: We're doing questions, right?
0: Just questions. It's, awesome. um, so we these did- are
1: always fun. I, I like doing these because they're...
0: So I will share with you, and I'm recording this, so maybe it'll put, put me on the spot, that in my mind, I imagine a scenario where you and I, on video live, do Ask Scott and Jenny's online one day.
1: That would be kind of fun.
0: Okay. And I have... It's so close to figured out. Now, here's the problem.
1: See, I didn't run away. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you, you, you didn't click off. No, that's enough, buddy. I
1: like, think
0: bridge too far. Thanks, but no. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a, in the future idea. So, what I want to do is like I would do it in the Facebook group if Facebook allowed for the technology to put your and my video in there live and let people interact, sure. but it doesn't. But there are some third party things like Facebook who do support this, um, and. People will say, well, just do it over Zoom the way you always do it. it, it that's nice. But you only get a couple hundred people that way. Right. Um, I think that I imagine my Facebook group with 25,000 members in it. And I think, geez, what if even just, you know, a small percentage of them happened to be online? You know, you'd get a few hundred people who are SVP'd and maybe you'd grab hundreds and hundreds more who happen to be online when it happens. So that's my idea. But the technology needs to catch up to my idea. But I think it's getting close. So... Cool. Keep your fingers crossed for that. In the meantime, how can I successfully encourage my 35-year-old son to manage his type 1 and try technology? I lost my twin sister, who was also type 1, 20 years ago because of mismanagement, and he's following in her footsteps. I don't know how to approach him without causing him to become defensive. Any magic words? Uh, he's an ostrich who keeps his head in the sand. Yeah,
1: that's a... It's a hard one because it's from a standpoint of it being an adult that you're trying to usher some change into their life. People have to be wanting of information to begin with, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes the road to that starts with acknowledging something that's really important to him that is more directly in his line of vision being impacted by the way that he's currently managing his diabetes, right? Like, you know, whatever it is, if it was, I really love running. And every time I go out for a run, I'm really frustrated because I just haven't like figured out that piece. Mm-hmm. Right. If, you can find something that he really loves in his life and bring in how that could be better, especially if he's frustrated with an aspect of that, that may be an, an in of sorts to getting him to see the ability to even use just a CGM Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to be able to better follow how he's planning you know, to move forward through his day. Um I mean, I would say certainly maybe send him some of the podcasts <laughs> in an email and say, Hey, this might be a really good one to start with listening to. But again, for an ostrich in the sand, sort of he probably wouldn't really click on it. Yeah. Um, it's a hard, it's a hard situation. Well,
0: let me tell you that Um, we, we received, as you know, a, so many ask Scott and Jenny questions recently, but I chose about five or six of them and moved them over to, um, talking to Erica Forsyth about them because she's a type one forever. She's a therapist on top of that. This was one of them that I think I'm going to leave in both folders. I'm going to, I think I'm going to ask you this and I'm going to ask Erica this one. and, And I'll tell you why, because I, I have no, obviously my oldest child is 22 and, um, even at that age, I understand what this person's saying. Like, they're, mm-hmm. People are adults. Whether they're doing something good for them or bad for them or right or wrong or however you want to think about it, uh, you've probably lost the ability to impact them by just saying, hey, you probably right. should be doing something different, right? Correct. Um, I don't think humans in general learn that way, which is my, my go-to um, example from my childhood always was how many fourteen-year-old girls have to come on Jerry Springer pregnant before other fourteen-year-old girls go? You know, I probably should not get pregnant, uh, yeah, right? right like, and and the and the truth is that it never happens, right? Like, or I
1: should maybe not do what's causing the pregnancy, yeah, yeah, or,
0: or, or just look so. up and think that I don't want that to be my reality, right? Right. And and right. so my point is is that even in the in the face of good information or good fellowship from people who care about you, um. Or even seeing it happen in front of you and you go like, oh, that's a dumpster fire. It still doesn't stop people. People still have to go through whatever their path is. And right. some people find their way out and some people don't. It's a shame, but I think it's kind of true. And so when I looked at this question, I related it back to what I tell people with younger kids because in my mind, this guy um, is, is in some way burned out on diabetes my expectation always is that, all right, sure, maybe there are people who are just flatly going to ignore it, but the, the truth is they don't completely ignore because if they did, they'd be in DK in a couple of days and they'd be gone. Correct, right? Correct. So, so they're putting some effort into it. Mm-hmm. It's it's my expectation that if the effort translated into reward, that that would be how you'd build more excitement. Like they need to see something happen that's positive. And I just think that some people are caught. I mean, you could just take one aspect of diabetes, right? Uh, Chasing blood sugars. If you start chasing a blood sugar on day one, and you don't know how to get ahead of it, you could do that your entire life correct. Right. And I'm sure you see people it happens to all the time. I've seen people it happens to all the time. So if I had any advice in this, and this would be just me literally reaching into my brain and pulling things out that I've seen before, I would wonder what would happen if this mother went to her son, had a lunch, sat down privately and said, hey, I know how much you're struggling. And um, I see that it's not getting better. And it's got to be incredibly frustrating for you. I've learned how to do a couple of things that I didn't know about when you were younger, but I Mm -hmm. understand now. Let me just lay a couple of ideas out here for you. Can I move in for a week? Can we get into a text chain? Can Like, let me be your lifeboat for a little while. I think we could get this going a little better, and then let's see where it takes us from there. Because maybe even just stopping the bouncing blood sugars or the high blood sugars might bring more clarity to this this gentleman. Mm -hmm. And maybe then the idea of, I don't know, pre-bolusing would start to make sense. And you go, hell, if I'm going to feel this much better, I'll put insulin in 15 minutes before I eat. You know, what the heck? Um, right. I just think that there are times, let me rephrase. I think it's interesting that we would see a person who was uh, addicted to, I don't know, meth, and say, well, I can't help them. Somebody else has to help them. They can't help themselves. We have to take them through a professional Um the problem with diabetes is, is uh, there's no professional where you can drop off your mismanaged loved one <laughs> and say, right, can you can you get them straight for me? Right. So I think it's up to this. I think it's up to the person who asks the question to just say, I'm going to become part of this um, in any small way. I'm going to take a long look at this. I am going to help this. I'm going to help my son chip 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 away until he gets to a better place. I actually think it's possible. Right. I just I I think it's a lot of work and. You need a really long vision of what it is you're trying to accomplish. You're just not sending somebody a text and saying, listen to episode eleven. You know what I mean?
1: And it also may be from an understanding or a knowledge base as well, right? If this mother has learned more than she knew in his life growing up with diabetes yeah. or whatever, and she knows now knows more now, she may also be able to recognize some of the deficit in information that her son has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so from an information standpoint, like you said, sitting down and saying, Hey, you know, I learned all of these like new things. And I think if you're willing, I'd like to help you start here. And, or if you don't want to work with me on it, maybe I can, maybe I know somebody that you could start working with, right. kind of develop a relationship again with a better clinician than he may have, yeah. you know, if it, and, and again, that's where I think sometimes clinicians are at a loss because they they don't have a very long visit mm. and they don't have a lot of resources right. for something like this. They just often dump on more insulin yeah. because something might be stuck high for the most part in a situation like this. And they think that they can at least smooth things a little bit, but they're not really address It's like putting a bandaid. It's not addressing the issue. Yeah.
0: You know, I don't think I've ever directly said to somebody, you should go see Jenny. But this is an example where a person like you would be helpful because even as I say, maybe the mother could do this. I don't know what their relationship is. and I've seen Correct. I've seen a lot of men walk out to little boys on a baseball field and talk to them and it goes well and then the minute they walk over to their own son, they're yelling and screaming at each other right? So maybe it's not okay. maybe it's best not to coach your own kid. but but yeah, it' I think you have to think wherever we are, we're so far into it now that a well-meaning handwritten note or, hey, buddy, I love you, you can do it. Like, you're beyond that now. You, you, you know, this right. person needs to see some stability in blood sugars that makes them feel better. And right. and they're saying they don't want to try technology. I mean, so then could you talk them into eating a lower-carb lifestyle for a couple of weeks? You know, just, just to just to— kind of reset everything and, and learn about how insulin works first. Right. I don't know that this question is any different, interestingly enough, um, aside from the part where there's resistance from the person with diabetes. I don't know if this question's any different than how people feel when their kids are diagnosed and they don't know what they're doing. And it's frustrating. And But, mm-hmm. you know, you have little kids. I was talking to this woman the other day. It said that at 11 years old, her son was so, like, easy to manage because he did what she told him. And then the, huh. the little little bastard got a little bit of uh, testosterone going, <laughs> you know, and all, all of a sudden he's like, I ain't listening anymore. And, um, right. and she's like. Well,
1: independence, yeah. right? I mean, there's a reason that we move through stages of independence mm-hmm. from little on. And, and that's.
0: And, right. Going back to this example, this lady said, look, here's a kid with a 5A1C from what I learned on the podcast. Hits you know, a little bit of gets a little older. So armpits start to smell a little bit. And as A1C goes into the sevens, just because he doesn't do the things that they all know are going to work. So, right. you know, and then she's going to be there because this is still a smaller child. and She's going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing and get him back to where he needs to be. But this is a different situation. I mean, if it, it is, you know, if this man is 35 years old, I'm guessing his mom's at least 55 years old, most likely in her sixties. And you know, right. the dynamic. Is
1: and not may still. not live close enough. I mean, they may live across the country yeah. from each other and she only sees the downward trend. And unfortunately she has a very bad, like, you know, history of seeing, I think she said her sister. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's hard to see, especially In your child, then.
0: Well, and and your point, I I take to heart, and I want to add to it, for the kid, that means that when he was 15, his aunt died of type 1 diabetes. He either had it then or got it at some point. And you know how people think, like, my dad died at 49 from a heart attack, and people then don't expect to live past 49 when that's their story. Right. You know, it's, uh, I mean, it's silly, but all right. You you know, like I understand how it could make you feel that way. I appreciate you talking about this with me. Yeah, yeah was of nice. course. Okay. Um, let's do something slightly not as uh, depressing. Uh, <laughs> here you go. Bad. I
1: know.
0: <laughs> Jenny, here's a very simple question. You had to see that coming, right? Little ad break. U.S. Med. This place, I love it. U.S. Med is The place where you can get your diabetes supplies. You go to usmed.com forward slash juice box or call my 888 number, which is 888 721 1514, and US Med will give you a free benefits check right now and get you started. US Med accepts Medicare nationwide and over 800 private insurers. They have an A rating with the Better Business Bureau and they carry everything from your insulin pumps and diabetes testing supplies to the latest in CGMs like Libre2 and Dexcom G6. U.S. Med is proud to always provide 90 days worth of supplies to you, and they give you fast and free shipping. So if you'd like to work with the number one rated distributor in Dexcom customer satisfaction surveys, the number one fastest growing tandem distributor nationwide, the number one specialty distributor for the Omnipod Dash, the number one distributor for Freestyle Libre Systems Nationwide, and the place where I just got Arden's Omnipod 5 from, you want US Med. usmed.com forward slash juicebox. Links in the show notes, links at juiceboxpodcast.com to these and all the sponsors of the Juicebox Podcast. When you click the links, you're supporting the show. What are your thoughts on service dogs for type ones?
1: Oh, that's a great question. In a simple answer, I think they can be a really wonderful, again, tool, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that there are there are people that they are really valuable for, and then there are people that like i've I've never really considered getting a service dog. I haven't, um, that's me. That's my personal. Um, but I have a number of friends who have service dogs and they are a large benefit. And I think not only from the diabetes aspect in terms of acknowledging and alerting, um, but also from an emotional standpoint, the, the fact that you have a technology like CGMs that do already give you alerts and alarms, mm-hmm. we know that technology can be wrong at times. It can fail. We can fail to hear an alarm, especially overnight. I hear that a lot from kids and teen parents mm-hmm. that the alarms are just, if they weren't there, the child would just not wake up to the current alarm. They yeah. just wouldn't, right? Um So from the standpoint of an alert dog that actually works and works and works and works and works until you're physically like up and, or some of them can be trained to go and get another person. If there's another person in the home. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, they're, I think they're a positive thing. That's, (laughs) Uh, but I also think from knowing about them, I think it's really important to do your homework on where you get the service dog from.
0: yeah,
1: Yeah. Um, You can get ripped. I have. You can not only get ripped off, but you also have to know what. What do you want the service dog for, Mm -hmm. to begin Mm -hmm. with, and then from a training standpoint, there are places that will do one hundred percent or so of the training for you. You come and you learn how to interact. You are almost paired or matched with that service dog. And you learn how to continue and foster the training in order to make sure that they stay alert to you and your needs. There are some service dogs that you can get where the training is more of an online and it's more the person with diabetes that goes through the majority of the training and and does it with their service animal. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I have had I've had friends who have done it both ways. And for them, their decision was right the way that they did it yeah. for what they really wanted to use their service dogs for. Um, I've got friends who literally don't go anywhere without their service dogs, travel with them on a plane, a train. I have one friend, um, her service dog actually just passed away. Oh, so sad. Oh, and I know her service dog because I've, I've met her service dog, but mm. I mean, she uh, she rode for like the JDRF bike rides and everything. She actually bought a special trailer for her service dog to pull behind her bike Wow! to go along with her. So in that, you know, I guess you have to, again, consider how much contact do you need or want within your diabetes life? I've got another friend who her service dog is with her, but when she flies or goes to a conference or something, she does not bring her service dog along. Okay. her service dog is mostly for her home-based area or anytime she drives someplace mm-hmm. so do your homework get from a really reputable place and know what you need your service dog for what your what are your expectations that 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 will provide for you or for your child or your teen right. um so well i yeah. think
0: everything you said makes a thousand percent sense and i kind of agree with you it's not it's not a thing we ever considered seriously. I do know in the beginning, my in a panic, my wife was like, may, you know, maybe we should do this. Maybe we should do everything, you know. Right. Um, I would just say this. I've never done it. I know a couple of people who have them who are absolutely delighted by them. It is a way of life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not uh, the service dog. is not a thing you put on a shelf when you don't want it. You know, you correct. It, it's a it's. Basically, another person that exists with you, um, and you're responsible for them. And there's a ton of upkeep and training, and 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 love, and everything else has to go into it. All I'll say is that Arden's Dexcom has never vomited on the carpet in my foyer. So, <laughs> <laughs> both of my dogs have. So,
1: <laughs> oh, that's interesting. That's kind of funny. My, uh, I, our current, um, lab. Has only I think he's almost eight, and he's only thrown up like once mm. in his whole life with us so far. I think Yay. so.
0: I'm just saying um, uh, Dexcom is yeah. not going to poop in the <laughs> no. Living <room>. They
1: won't <laughs> <laughs> or fart in the middle of the night and have this horrid smell. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like,
0: or if you go back to uh, any number of the beginning years of this episode of the podcast, you will hear them snoring in the background and everything else. So there you and, go. Anyway, if I think I think you're right, I think if it's something you want to be involved in. And you understand the level of commitment, and it's something you're willing to do. I see it as being a great, a, a great idea, you know. Right. But and mm-hmm. it's also a cost. And I do want to say I've seen people ripped off by uh, training companies that are not reputable. And I mean, the cost is significant too, right? You're talking about. Tens of thousands of dollars. Am I right?
1: I don't even know, honestly, what the cost is. I would have to go back. Um, in fact, you know, for some references to some good places, I can certainly ask my friends where they okay got their service dogs from for some references. That'd be great. Um, and, you know, then I'll, I'll give them to you to to supply. I'll put right um, but yeah, it's expensive in terms of cost. Yeah. I don't really know what the cost is, but it's it's not $2. Yeah,
0: yeah no. no. <laughs> um, okay. Hey, I think we have time for one more. Cool. Why does lack of sleep make blood sugars less stable, even away from food, exercise, active insulin? I usually see a lot of 90, 95, 90, et cetera, with lack of sleep, when otherwise on just basal, my numbers are a lot more steady. Well, hold on a second. I don't know if I understand. Let's go back to the beginning. Yeah, read it again. I don't understand her explanation. I understand her question.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: why does lack of sleep make lack of sleep, make blood sugars less stable. Do you think that's true? Being tired makes your blood sugar less stable?
1: Less stable, typically what we see is with a poor night's sleep or consistent poor sleep, that your blood sugars will be higher on average. Mm -hmm. And if that's what's meant by less stable, Possibly, you know, especially if they're roller coastering up and then you're correcting and they're coming back down. I mean, that could be less stable than what this person sees when they have good sleep overnight. Yeah. Um, typically, yes, we see higher blood sugars with less sleep. That's I, the general.
0: I mean, listen, I don't have diabetes, but if I'm tired, I'm more likely to be um, distant. Uh, I get a little foggy. I can be more irritable, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's, yeah, there's a lot of things that come with not sleeping. You need to sleep, obviously. If you didn't, I mean, life would be twice as twice as long, right? <laughs> uh, but you know, I, it's just so I'm not understanding the question afterwards. I usually see a lot of ninety, ninety-five, ninety-one hundreds with lack of sleep. When otherwise on just basal, my numbers are a lot more steady. See, I don't understand because ninety, ninety-five, ninety-one hundred seems very would steady. You- Would be
1: be steady and very good. Well, I wonder, yeah, I'm not quite sure. I mean, one big piece in terms of lack of sleep and unsteadiness, Mm -hmm. or again, a rise in insulin is, or a rise in blood sugar, excuse me, is relative to what happens to cortisol, right? Mm -hmm. When we have, um, when we are sleep deprived, if you will, cortisol increases. And with that impact, typically can increase insulin resistance. Mm -hmm. So um, it sounds almost like steady numbers on basal is what the person was trying to say, but with a lack of sleep, the numbers get jumpy. I wouldn't say that the numbers that were stated sound jumpy. They sound actually very stable. Yeah. Um, But. Overall answer to question, poor sleep, higher blood sugars, insulin resistance, typically. Mm -hmm. That's the gist of it. Yeah.
0: It it almost makes me feel like when I read her description at the end, she says, with just basal, my numbers are a lot more steady. I almost feel like they wanted to say a lot less steady. Um, I I'm trying to decide yeah. if this person saying that when they have lack of sleep, they have better blood sugars.
1: Better blood sugars? But yeah, which wouldn't sense. be the case right, typically.
0: Right, yeah. That doesn't make sense. Okay. But so but still, lack of sleep can impact your blood sugars. You would normally see it as a rise.
1: As uh, a rise. Needing mm-hmm. more insulin. Okay. And if it was a really poor night of sleep, you may actually have a lot of other hormones are th- are thrown kind of loopy in mm-hmm. terms of the whole rest of the day. You may actually have a change in the regulation of hunger hormones, which might mean that your hunger is disrupted through the course of the day and you may nibble more. And I mean, all of these, again, we've discussed variables, Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> all of these variables could have an impact on overall blood sugar just because of a poor night of sleep.
0: Right. Okay. So, all right. Well, thank yes. you. I appreciate you doing yeah. this with me. Sure. First, I'd like to thank all of you for sending in your questions over on the private Facebook group. That's where I got these questions from. Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. 25,000 members, just like you. Head on over. I also want to thank Jenny Smith, my friend and diabetes guru. Integrateddiabetes.com if you're looking for Jenny. And a special thanks to US Med for sponsoring this episode of the podcast usmed.com forward slash juice box or call 888-721-1514. And of course, don't forget, touchedbytype1.org. I have a link here about service dogs that Jenny sent me. It is, ooh, it's pretty easy. www.caresks.com. So it's C-A-R-E-S-K-S.com. When you get there, you're going to be at Canine Assistance Rehabilitation Education and Services. This is the website that Jenny was talking about earlier. I hope if you're looking for a diabetes alert dog that this will help you. There are like 15 other Ask Scott and Jenny episodes right now. If you're looking for a list of them, the private Facebook group is the place to find them. There are these wonderful lists that Isabel made for me. They're up in the featured section of the Facebook page. And uh, that's pretty much all I have about that. We're running out of steam here a little bit, huh? That's okay. Scotty's tired a little bit. I'll tell you what, let's just say this. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast.